Welcome to episode 142 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is The First 40 Miles. Today on The First 40 Miles, ticks, the parasitic arachnid episode. If you gross out easily when people are talking about blood-sucking parasites, we give you full permission to skip this episode. However, if you're kind of curious about ticks, how to keep them away, and what to do if you end up being a host, then listen on. Then on the Summit Gear Review, we'll share an innovative way to remove ticks. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, an item you may already have in your first aid kit that will ensure a quick and easy way to say goodbye to any hitchhikers. Plus, we'll dispel some dangerous myths that are still circulating about how to remove a tick. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Today we're talking about ticks, which is about as disgusting as it gets. I mean, I think ticks are even lower on the gross animal totem pole than mosquitoes. Nobody Mm. likes mosquitoes. Where do they compare to rats? Rats, people keep those as pets, and (laughs) New York City seems to be fine with their population of rats. But ticks, they're like the worst of the worst living creature on this earth. Well... You know, I was going to call this episode the Lyme disease episode because I thought that's all that ticks did besides sucking blood. But I began researching and I found out that ticks have this really nasty rap sheet when it comes to transmitting diseases to humans. But I don't want this episode to scare anyone or deter anyone from venturing outside. I think our goal for this episode is to make sure that we're all well armed with knowledge. Okay, but just to scare everyone, (laughs) in addition to Lyme disease, what else did you find? Okay, so there's Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. Oh, I've heard of that. There's Colorado Tick Fever. There's something called Tularemia. I mean, it just sounds bad. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, Then there's also Meat Allergy which is also called alpha-gal allergy, but it's just transmitted by the lone star tick, and they're thinking it could be also transmitted by other ticks because they're seeing it spread to places where the lone star tick doesn't live. Uh, Ticks also can just transmit bacteria, viruses, and protozoa. So these are things that are just kind of, you may just kind of feel ill but it doesn't have a diagnosable name. Yeah, just those run-of-the-mill illnesses. Uh, yeah, just uh, kind of the... Fever-type yeah, causing things. But it may not have long-term lasting effects like yeah. some of these other diseases. And then there's the new killer, the trendy new Pawasan virus. It's a tick-borne disease that is much more rare than Lyme disease, but it's more deadly than Lyme disease. And that's transmitted by the deer tick, and it causes inflammation of the brain. So some of these diseases are fairly serious. In fact, the Pawasan virus 
uh, can be transmitted from the tick in as little as 15 minutes compared to Lyme disease, which needs 24 hours. And the states where this new Powassan virus has been discovered include Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Wisconsin. But it's not really a new, new virus. It's actually been around since the 50s. So I guess in terms of viruses, it is fairly new, but it's, you know, it's been around long enough where you probably grew up, never had exposure to it, and you survived. But (laughs) it's out there, and that's kind of the freaky thing about ticks. So we're going to teach you some ways today to avoid ticks while still getting outside and enjoying the beautiful surroundings of your area. Oh, and I forgot to share the good news. Oh, there's good news. (laughs) There's good news. Not all ticks want to infect you with a pathogen. Some just want to hang out with you. Some just want to be your friend, kind of just cling to you like that friend you had in seventh grade. They just want to hang out. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Right. Uh, Yeah. So they may not transmit anything to you, but they will hang out until they're done eating and then... I don't know what they do after that. I guess they just fall off. They're satisfied for a while until they need their next meal. Well, earlier this spring, we had an episode where we shared several news stories. That was uh, episode 133. One of those news stories was that the year before had a bumper crop of acorns in the U.S. So last year, that resulted in a higher population of mice, which gave more hosts for ticks, which means that they're predicting that 2017 is a big year for ticks. And this is the perfect time to be talking about ticks because ticks are active mid-August to November. So we are entering kind of phase two of tick season. They also are very active March to mid-May. So those are kind of the two windows. And ticks can be found in every state of the United States, including Hawaii, which isn't even connected to the United States. I have no idea how they got over there. But ticks are everywhere. So we wanted to arm you today with five things that you can do to protect yourself from ticks because it really is all about prevention. So for today's top five list, the top five things you can do to protect yourself from ticks. And number one is to always walk in the center of the trail. Ticks need moisture to survive. And the driest part of the trail is going to be the center of the trail. As you get off to the sides, to the bushes, that's where the ticks find their moisture that they need to survive, can hang on to plants over there, and then attach themselves to you. So stay away from the brush on the side, walk down the center of the trail. That's going to help. The number two thing that you can do to protect yourself from ticks is to use permethrin. Permethrin is a synthetic version of an insecticidal compound that's produced by the chrysanthemum flower. So I suppose you could use chrysanthemums, just hang them around your neck as kind of a lovely garland. But permethrin is the stable synthetic version of that. And the great thing about permethrin is that it's not something you spray on your skin. It's something that you spray on your clothing and your gear. And it's not just a repellent. It's an insecticide, which means that it will kill the ticks after only about 5 to 30 seconds of exposure. If they land on your clothing that's been treated with permethrin, they will die. Another plus to permethrin is that it's odorless and it won't stain your clothing. 
And if you're worried about introducing yet another miraculous chemical into your life and into the environment, a 140-pound person would have no adverse health effects if they were exposed to 32 grams of permethrin a day. And just to kind of put that in perspective, there's less than one gram of permethrin in an entire bottle of clothing treatment spray or gear treatment spray. So it's a very small percentage that you're using on your clothing and gear. When it comes to the environment, on the other hand, permethrin is deadly to fish, bees, and aquatic insects. So washing your permethrin-treated clothing in a body of water is a bad idea. That's kind of introducing a whole another chemical into the environment. So permethrin is kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah. Well, so this is a bit of a side topic, but don't wash any of your clothing in a creek ah, or lake. True that. Right. You bring the water out of that body of water, bring it up onto land somewhere, wash your clothing, and dump the water on the dirt where it can then be filtered and sequestered right there rather than being distributed through an entire body of water. That's a great point. And here's another little side tangent. Don't allow your cats near permethrin-treated clothing until it's fully dried. Guess it's bad for cats, too. bad for cats, too. So this is kind of a blessing and a curse. I'm, I'm anxious to see if maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll see some chrysanthemum-based insect repellent that's not a synthetic version. And maybe that's going to be a little more gentle to the environment. I don't know. Which brings us to our next way to protect yourself from ticks, and that's good old-fashioned DEET. 20% DEET on your skin repels ticks. So it's only a tick repellent. It will scare them away, just like bad body odor scares away your friends in seventh grade. DEET works to repel bugs. But it won't kill them. No, it'll just make them hover further away from you. The number four way to protect yourself from ticks is to wear long socks and long pants. I smile every time I think (laughs) of this one. If you haven't seen it, go to the show notes for episode 23, and you'll see the episode image for that episode. It was when we took our family backpacking in the Redwoods, and our youngest kid, who at the time was a first grader, he read the sign at the trailhead, and he did a really good job reading the sign. And the sign talked about how you should wear long pants and long socks and that you could even tuck your pants inside your socks so that there's no gap there for the ticks to get up under your pants. And he took it very seriously. And so I just love that picture of him standing on the trail. He's got his pack on and he's got those socks just wadded up around his hiking pants. And I guess you could say he was successful because he didn't get any ticks and neither did the rest of us. (laughs) But he was safe from ticks. I love it. This is such a simple solution. Requires no chemicals. And you'll always have socks and pants with you. So it's a great way to just have that extra protection against ticks. And also keep in mind that lighter colored clothing could be helpful because it'll be easier for you to see those dark ticks against the lighter colored clothing. Yeah, think of it like a lemon poppy seed muffin. Ticks are about the size of a poppy seed, and you can see every single poppy seed inside that lemon poppy seed muffin. However, if you were to add poppy seeds to a chocolate muffin, you wouldn't be able to see them at all. So think about that. Ticks are about the size of a poppy seed. That's what you should be looking for 
on your uh, skin and on your clothing. Wow, I didn't think about that. They're so tiny, you know, until they get filled up with blood. That's what I was thinking about, the ones that are all engorged. But they're so tiny at first. And the number five thing that you can do to protect yourself from ticks is to check yourself for ticks each night. Either you can bring someone backpacking along with you that you have no secrets from (laughs) and they can check you for ticks, or you can also bring a signaling mirror or a small compact makeup mirror or even um, one of those 3X or 5X mirrors that are kind of concave so you can get that enlarged view. Ticks love moist warm areas. So you'll want to be checking yourself all over, but check those tick party zones like the armpits uh, between your legs, behind your ears, behind your knees, even in your hair. Um, You'll also want to check inside your belly button and around your waist where the elastic is on your pants. That's a pretty full, you know, full body check. (laughs) And it could take a while, and you'll need a flashlight probably. But if you look at some of the diseases that ticks transmit, this is not wasted time. This is serious personal health time, and it'll pay off. Of course, this depends on risk level. There are some places where we go hiking and backpacking, and we have never had a problem with ticks. In fact, that's most of the places we go. So I think, though, that you kind of know those places where you think there might be problems with ticks. There might be signs at the trailhead that pointed out. Uh, You might be walking on a trail with lots of brush and grass and bushes on the side, lots of opportunities for those ticks to be hanging there waiting for you to come along. You know, and when you run into those kinds of situations where you know that risk level is higher, uh, that's the time where you take these additional precautions. And it sounds like at least for Lyme disease, it could be well worth it to catch a tick within a couple hours after it gets on you versus not noticing until you're done with your hike a day or two later and have given it that opportunity to transmit the Lyme disease. And I think it's also interesting to note that a person who gets bitten by a tick may not feel anything at all. You're not going to feel like a sting like you would with a bee. I think it's going to be more like a um, mosquito where you don't notice anything until afterwards and then, you know, you get that bump. Uh, With ticks, you might have a little redness around the area of the bite. And then you will also probably have a tick still attached to you because they suck blood. That's in their job description. So the most important thing is to remove the tick. And if you feel like there's a risk of Lyme disease, or if you'd like to get the tick tested, once you remove the tick, you can actually save it in a plastic bag. I know this sounds (laughs) really odd, but you can save it. And if you do start to show symptoms of Lyme disease or any other kind of uh, illness, then you can take that tick in and have it tested. So I guess if you've done everything you can to protect yourself and you still have had your personal bubble invaded by a tick, then the next step is to remove that tick as fast as you can. So for today's Summit Gear review, we'll be reviewing the Tick Key. The Tick Key is a tick remover tool. It's kind of shaped like a really big guitar pick with a hole in it. So you put the tick key on the tick and you slide it out. And because the little hole narrows, it acts kind of as um, as pinchers. 
They grab the tick and pluck it out. I think that's about as graphic as I want to get. <laughs> it's been around for over eight years, and it has removed thousands of ticks from humans and other friendly mammals. It's made of high-strength anodized aluminum, so it's not a little piece of plastic, but it's something that's really durable and rugged that you can throw in your pack, throw in your 10 essentials, and you can have it with you if you want to remove ticks while you're out on the trail. It's flat, so you can also store it in your wallet, your pocket. Um, you can also hang it on your keychain or just attach it to the outside of your pack. Or if you're traveling with a four-legged mammal, you can also attach it onto their collar or leash. So it really is one of the easiest ways to remove ticks. It's pretty idiot-proof. You just make sure the tick is inside the hole and you slide the tick key along your skin and it removes everything, like all the different parts of the tick. It takes it all the way out, which if you know anything about ticks, you know that the head is the most important part. You don't want to just remove the body because the head is the part that does all the stuff that it does. And if that gets stuck in your skin, that can still transmit disease, even though you've taken a bulk of the tick off. The tick key weighs two-tenths of an ounce and measures an inch and a half wide by two and a half inches long. As we've said, kind of a teardrop shape or a, a guitar pick shape. That's right. Uh, no maintenance required, of course. Just keep it in your wallet or attached to your pack. And the cost for the tick key is around $6. And for trial, uh, well, the truth is there's no way to test bear spray without having a face-off with a bear. So there's no real way to test the tick key without having a face-off with a tick. So... That's our roundabout way of saying uh, we haven't actually used it yet. Right. Just like we haven't used a GoPro camera or bear spray or we haven't taken a big bulky first aid kit on the trail. There are some things that just aren't going to end up being actually really trail tested by us. But um, this is one of those things where we had to rely on the worldwide community for reviews for the tick key. And I have to say the online reviews are glorious. On the tick key website, it claims that it's 99.9% .9 effective for the safe removal of all sizes of ticks from people and pets. Aren't you curious how they measured that? Like, they Ew. tried removing a thousand ticks, and one of them didn't come out. <laughs> I don't know. But if you look online, everyone is like, this thing is great. I love it. So it's got to be something that's worth at least looking at, especially if you live in an area where ticks are constantly in the back of your mind. You know, they're just, you know that you've got ticks, you want to be outside, and you also want to be prepared. So... Based on the reviews we've read online, this is something worth looking at. Something that's ultra lightweight, that's just going to give you that peace of mind and is super simple and can fit into your first aid kit. We're sorry that we can't say that we've personally tested the tick key. We really, I mean, we try hard to test every piece of gear that we review and, and not only just test it, but really put it through some paces. But, uh, you know, <laughs> some things. Okay, so I'm curious, though. Has anyone tried the tick key for the removal of teenage acne? What? Is that something? I'm sorry, should I have not gone there? This episode is already super gross. I am 
if I crossed a line, I am not sorry, because this is already way past my comfort zone. Ticks are bleh. So anyway, we'll have the link to the tick key in today's show notes, and you can check it out at thefirst40miles.com slash 142. For today's backpack hack of the week, fine tipped tweezers for tick removal. Yet another way to remove a tick. Most commercial first aid kits will come with tweezers, and if you've ever wondered, it's not so your eyebrows can be on fleek while camping. Tweezers are actually a brilliant first aid staple. Whether you're removing a sliver or you're removing a tick, tweezers really are an essential part of a well-equipped first aid kit. Unfortunately, the ones that they put in kits are pretty low quality, So if you want to replace them, go to your local drugstore and buy a nice set of Revlon tweezers. They come in lots of different slants and tips. But for for removing ticks, fine-tipped tweezers are the ones that are recommended. So to use tweezers for tick removal, what you'll want to do is grasp the tick as close to the skin's surface as possible and pull upward with a steady, even pressure. So no twisting, no jerking, just steady, even pressure. If the tick does happen to disintegrate while you're pulling it out, um, use those tweezers, those fine-tipped tweezers, to remove all the parts out of your skin. After you've removed the tick with the tweezers, then thoroughly clean the area with soap and water or with rubbing alcohol. And if you want to take extra precautions, you can save the tick in a plastic bag and watch for signs of disease over the next month. And we listed off all those lovely diseases at the beginning of the episode. Or you can just dispose of the tick by submersing it in alcohol or wrapping it in tape, but never crush a tick with your fingers because that's just like a little disease bomb. Well, so as I see it, tweezers would be a great thing to have in your first aid kit And if you're backpacking somewhere and you weren't really even thinking about ticks and all of a sudden, uh uh-oh, I've got a tick, then the tweezers are something you've got in your kit that are a multi-use item. You can pull those out and get down close to the skin and gently and smoothly pull that tick out. On the other hand, if you're in tick country, like you know that it's going to be a problem, that's where I think you'd want to go for the tick key. You know, you'd want to have that purpose-built tool in your pack. You know it's going to make the job a lot easier, and you know that it's a lot more likely that you're going to need to use it. And if you live in tick country, you may have heard all sorts of wives' tales about how to suffocate a tick. Don't even try that. Just get it out. So some of these wives' tales include holding a lit match to a tick to I've try heard of and that one. yeah to try and make it get out. I think. That's just going to make it kind of burrow itself deeper and um, not a good idea. You want to just remove the tick with tweezers or a tick key as fast as you can. Uh, I've also heard of nail polish. I've heard of that one too. Yeah. Uh, Petroleum jelly, another no-no. Just remove the tick with tweezers. Another wives' tale is to twist it out. Just pull the tick out with tweezers straight out. Are we painting the picture here? I think I've got it. You want me to pull the tick out straight out, smoothly, slowly, grasping near the head. As soon as possible. No matches, no fingernail polish, no petroleum jelly. 
No screw twisting. No. Just straight out. That's right. You got it. I got it. Awesome. Which means we can end this episode. Yes. I know you've been waiting for this moment to come. Oh, and I love today's trail wisdom. I just, it's a quote that I just felt matched today's episode perfectly. And it's from Adam Zagajewski, who's an author. And he said, in summer, the empire of insects spreads. True. Do you feel the the Armageddon of insects coming? (laughs) Sometimes I do. (laughs) That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you've been on a backpacking trip, share your story at thefirst40miles.com slash story. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. Today is the day for TikTok. <laughs> Thanks. I was just looking if you end up being a host. <laughs> You're a host. <laughs> Not that kind of host. A podcast. <laughs> I don't ever want to be a tick host. <laughs>